for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. In season two of Hacks and Hobbies, we're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. We want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. In this episode, we get to speak with the best kept business secret. What's the secret? Well, we'll find out today. Today we have uh, Mark Ford. He's the best kept business secret. And it's one of the crazy ones, as Mark's website says. So, Mark, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on to the podcast. Uh, absolute pleasure. I'm absolutely genuinely blessed that you've asked me to uh, to come on and talk to you guys. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit about what is this business secret or before we even get to the secret, um, what made you come up with the secret? Right. Okay. Um, well, it's kind of like, it's, it's like a twofold thing. Um, when I was um, about 10 years ago, when I was growing my business, um, I had a realization. I had a business coach at the time. Um, and that particular business coach um, was very, very good. Mm-hmm. However, they wanted to take all the glory for themselves. So uh, if I give you a, like, a, like an idea, um, they would post on social media um, and they would be telling people things like uh, news just in, such and such business has just had the best six months they've ever had amazing what happens when you do what your business coach tells you. Um, okay. And that sounds quite frivolous yeah. in, in, in just like in, in just a moment. But when you're seeing this being constantly posted about every single business that he works with, mm-hmm. I am absolutely all for the fact that he is obviously very successful. Hence why the businesses are successful. However, I also was very well aware that he is really only part of that business for like an hour a week mm. on a Skype call. Yeah. Whereas the business owner themselves is sort of like waking up thinking about their business. They are going to bed thinking about the business. All the other hours, bar that one hour, mm. they are putting in the blood, sweat, and the tears. Yeah. So I began to sort of like see that as, do you know what? Actually, the real success is from the business owner because they're the ones that, are, you know, they're, they're putting the passion, they're putting the energy, they're putting all the emotion, all the effort into their business. And actually that success, although that individual had guided them and perhaps or nudged them in the right direction, is their hard work. So you weren't seeing them going, you know what, we've had the best year, you know, we've had the best six months of our lives. Yeah. But their business coach was kind of t- taking the credit for it. Um, and then I, I sort of like, I, uh, we parted ways because it, it, it got to the point where the ego was just getting out of hand. You know, um, yeah. posted a picture uh, on Christmas Eve. Um, there's him, his wife, two adult sons. Uh, there's a Christmas tree with presents that, you know, come out to the middle of the living room. Um, and there was a caption underneath it saying something along the lines of, you know, this is what success looks like. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I'd been talking at that point to a couple of his clients, just as friends, 
and they were struggling their backsides off. They were struggling to pay their mortgage. They were struggling to pay their bills. But here was a guy just, you know, basically just thumbing it up to everybody going, look, look how rich I am. Look how fantastic I am. Uh, I just took that as a bit, as a bit distasteful at the time. So there was that aspect of it. And then it got to the point where I started coaching about four years ago, five years ago now. And as you do, when you first start out in this role, you want people to recommend you. And I was working with one particular business and I said, look, uh, are you happy with everything? And they said, yeah, yeah, we are are absolutely over the moon. It's great. And I said, look, well, you know, can I ask you whether you can recommend me? And they said, no. Mm. And I said, what? They said, no. I said, I I thought you were happy with everything. And they said, well, we are. But why would we want to give you to any of our rivals? (laughs) Why would we want to give you to any of our competition? You're our best kept business secret. And that first time, I took that quite hard. I've got to be honest, I took it really hard. I was, I was having a proper man sulk for some good weeks after that. Yeah. About three months later, I go into a very similar position with, with another business. And again, I asked for a recommendation and they said no. And virtually word for word, they said the same thing. And do you know what? I just thought, okay, th- this is a sign here. There, there's, somebody's giving me something here that, mm. you know, it, it, there's a sign. So I kind of embraced it and I started calling myself your best kept business secret. But it's also because all the businesses that I work with, I am not going to promote myself off the back of them. I will tell people that I, you know, that I, they're very happy for me to say that I work with them. But I'm not going to say that their success is down to me. I spend maybe an hour, two hours, maybe three hours a week with some of these guys. Mm-hmm. But it's their hard work. It's their blood, their sweat, their tears. They wake up thinking about it. They go to bed thinking about it. Exactly. You know, they, it's all or nothing with them. So you will never, ever find me posting anywhere on a social media or, you know, or even necessarily in my, yeah, even on my website, you'll see the testimonials, but there are no figures. There are no, I've had my best year ever and it's all down to Mark because that's not me. I, you know, in a position that I'm in where I'm a coach and I'm a mentor, I think there needs to be a massive amount of humility with that because it's, uh, I'm very blessed to be in that position. Um, but I also recognize that the real hard work is not done by me. Yeah. It's actually done by, the business owner themselves. So there you go. That is the story of why I'm called your best kept business secret. And also the simple fact is the other part of the tagline is making no secret of success because for some reason us humans like to overcomplicate stuff. And actually the the easiest way to make money or grow your business is often doing the simplest stuff really, really well because nobody else can be bothered to. So there you go. You see, I've given you a secret there, guys. You see, straight away, I've given you a secret. You're absolutely yeah. 100% correct. There is no secret to success. This, the secret is the grunt work, right? It is, yeah. You have to put in the hours, day in, day out, continuously to build your business up. Just like when we're working for somebody else, day in, day out, you are continuously working on that same project. And then after a few months, you see that project flourish and, and do well and, and get, you know, get better at it. So you iterate 
keep at it, and that's the secret. Absolutely. I mean, there's a, there's a great quote, quote by uh, Seth Godin, mm-hmm. is that all the easy stuff has already been done. <laughs> and it has. It has. It's already been done. And here's the thing, is that when people are trying to sell yeah, really expensive funnels for things, and if you do this particular way of doing things or that particular way of doing things and follow this blueprint to the letter, yeah, invariably it doesn't work. Because actually, if it does work, it just means that nobody in your sector was doing it in the first place, which is great. But you can't replicate somebody else's success, especially if they were there first. Mm-hmm. So every business is different. And again, this is one of the things that you know, I, I, I talk until I'm blue in the face with. <laughs> you know, there, are cert- there are certain coaching organizations out there, and they're very, very well known, um, that use... Uh, a process, a program. You know, you have to follow this process. You have to follow this program um, so that you know you can get business success. You know, they use the cliche of you know working on your business, not in your business, mm-hmm. that type of thing. They try and position your business so that you can sell it. But you know, do you know what? Here's the thing: what happens if somebody doesn't want to sell their business? Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: what happens if somebody is just quite happy earning a hundred thousand pounds a year? Uh, two nice cars on the drive. They go on three holidays a year. Their mortgage is getting paid off really quickly. Um, they can afford to do what they want when they want. Every, do you know what? Every, every business is different. It, every single business on the planet yeah. is as unique as your thumbprint, as your fingerprint, mm-hmm. as your teeth, as your DNA. It's it, it, it's just unique. So you can't coach. You can't do the same things with um, a business that's that's identical to another business in the same sector. You know, you could have uh, two greengrocer shops. Mm-hmm. They're both selling fruit and veg. Mm-hmm. But the guy running the one greengrocer shop has a very different personality mm-hmm. to the woman who's running the other. So, you know, you know, who is his ideal customer? Who is her ideal customer? How does, he, you know, what, what are his goals and desires? What are her goals and desires? Mm-hmm. So by trying to stick them into the same funnel, into the same process, you're going to get varying degrees of success from you know complete abject failure to superstardom. But mm-hmm. you almost have to find a way that that business owner is going to accept, is going to take responsibility for that business to be grown, but they have to come to those decisions. That's what proper coaching is rather than just kind of just mapping it out and do this, then this will happen. Do that, then that will happen. There are way too many people out there making spreadsheet millionaires overnight. And it's, yeah. you're right. It is, it's about the grunt work. And, you know, I was, t- I was talking today to um, some uh, female entrepreneurs here in the UK. And um, they've all got very, very different businesses. And um, the one thing that, that I, we were talking about when we were talking about the, the basics um, was somebody mentioned overnight success mm-hmm. and I said, it's a complete lie. Yeah. Overnight success does not exist. It has never existed and will never exist mm-hmm. because it's just that when you see somebody and you deem them an overnight success, yeah. that's because you've just become aware of them. You have not become aware of the two year, three year, four year, 10 year, 20 year amount of work that it's taken them to get to where they are. And all of a sudden people go, oh, you're an overnight success. You've come from nowhere. 
and here you are, you're an overnight success. No, they were always there. It's just that you've become aware of them and more people have become aware of them. So now you think that they're an overnight success. Right. So, you know, no silver bullets, no easy ways. You know, one of the, one of the simplest secrets is, you know what, prepare to roll your sleeves up and do some grunt work because yeah. in the end it will pay off. That's, that's so divine because it's funny. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about, you know, existing, um, mm-hmm. how you, you, you finally see, okay, oh, these guys are coming up. They're overnight success. Well, what's funny is I was talking to a friend of mine and um, he's the one who gave me the idea of starting, you know, talking about Queen Bee and, and how Queen Bee is Beyonce for my mm-hmm. podcast. And I was, when I had him on the podcast as a guest, I was like, for what it seems like a long series of coincidences, like Mr. Uh, Grayson Scott had planned this out from way ahead. I told him, I didn't know you existed till I met you. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's true. Yeah. So you, you, you never know somebody till you existed. But then I told him that, and then he's like, he's making fun of him. Like, so you're think, you're saying that I already knew about you, Super Janaid, and I already knew that you're going to start this podcast and have me as a guest. I'm like, absolutely, because you're the one who put the idea in my head to talk about Beyonce and Queen Bee. And then, so I started my podcast in like 100 episodes. And then, you know, he started his podcast as well. And I had been telling him, and then I brought him on the, on the, on the show and he's like, you planned this entire thing out, didn't you? <laughs> it's like, that's too funny. So, But it's, it, it's true. Sometimes you just, it, it's like, you just, you're not aware of someone. And, you know, we can want things too much and we can go, mm-hmm. we can go searching for them. And uh, I guess I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a believer in that there is no such thing as luck. Mm-hmm. Okay. You make your own luck. Exactly. You know, you do the right things at the right time with the right people and guess what? Things start happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the best thing that I, that I can say is that you never go chasing it. And I'm, I'm, I'm sort of almost quoting my friend Cros Crosley here with this is that if you go chasing something, so if you had chased, you know, mm-hmm. podcast, you know, I'm going to be a, a, a massive international success in my podcast. Yeah. Guess what? it would never have happened mm-hmm. because quite simply is that if you, if you end up chasing something, yeah, invariably it runs away. If you've got a pet dog and you chase your dog, yeah. it runs away. It thinks it's a game. It just gets further away. Mm-hmm. So the smart thing to do is to stand still and wait for it to come to you. Mm-hmm. But obviously in business and, you know, and, and things like that, you can't just stand still. Yeah. There's another great quote that somebody gave me is that if you stand still long enough, you'll get run over. <laughs> <laughs> which is true <laughs> you've always got to be keeping moving forward so in this case when you, you know you're talking about your, your good friend that came onto the podcast there yeah. it's you know you know you've you've set your podcast up you've come you've come up i would say that he you know he's right he's always existed it's yeah. just that you were never looking for him exactly yeah. and then all of a sudden this idea has come into your head mm-hmm. and then your mind's been opened up to other possibilities, yeah. other ideas, other thoughts. And guess what? He's just suddenly appeared at the right time in the right place. Yeah. And, and that's what's, that's what's been happening for the past few, few months or past couple of years. 
And um, it really struck me when I turned 42. And I was like, you know, I'm not getting any younger. And You're a 40- spring chicken, my friend. I'm 45 <laughs> this year. <laughs> well, well here's, here's what triggered in my head, right? It's like 42 is the perfect answer to the universe's question. Very true. Hitchhikers go to the galaxy. Yes. So I was like, I've got to make something happen. So that was last year. And I was like, I'm going to make it happen. Hell or high water. And I did. I started my podcast. I interviewed over 50 people. I've got, you know, almost 100 episodes. If I hadn't taken the leap, if I hadn't thought to myself, okay, I'm not getting any younger. I need to make a change. I need to do what I'm passionate about and not work on somebody else's dream. Yeah. Right. Very much so. Yeah. 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 So I was like, all right, I've, I'm not, nobody is going to come and hand it to me in a silver platter. Like no one's going to like, Hey, Junaid, I know you've been waiting for that big business and that big car. Uh, we've just been holding off on you and here it is. It's not a birthday gift, mm-hmm. right? You've got to make it yourself happen. So here I am. Sometimes you just have to be just aware of the science. You just have to be aware of, you know, situations, things that happen, whether they're good or whether they're bad. I mean, it kind of links into how I end up, ended up doing what I'm doing now, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd spent like 20 odd years in corporate life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up leaving corporate life quite simply because I could start an argument in an empty room and still win. Um, <laughs> Because I just really didn't agree with the direction the company were going in. Um, and as it stands here in the UK, they're currently being bought. They're, uh, they're, it looks like they're going to get bought out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's because they've had a woeful 10 years, it has to be said. Uh, I'm not saying that's because I left, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying I was right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm saying. Um, but um, and I, I started my own business and um, it was a driving school here in the UK. Mm-hmm. And I ended up realizing that there wasn't much in the way of business nows for these really hardworking, self-employed people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put on a couple of conferences uh, first one was a huge success, and we got to the second one the, the the following year. And this was this happened in the in the March. But if I take you back four months prior to that, mm-hmm. um, I was married at the time, got a young son. Mm-hmm. Um, my then wife's sister-in-law, uh, sister, my sister-in-law, yeah. who was exactly the same age as me. Mm-hmm. Exactly the same age as me, so thirty, you know, thirty-nine. We were both due to turn forty mm. uh, the following year. Her parents went round to her house um, on Boxing Day and uh, go and see her and her three kids. Yeah. And as she got up to go and make uh, a cup of tea, she collapsed of a massive heart attack. Whoa! No one saw it coming. No one knew it was coming. Um, it just came completely out of the blue. Effectively, those three kids lost their mum within minutes on Boxing Day that day. Now, the family was a very small family. Um, obviously, the, the kids have, have now are very, very happy with with their father, which is which is great. There was a lot of beef and a lot of hassle going on at the time, mm-hmm. but because there was a bit of a fractious family sort of like connection going on there. Um, a lot fell on my shoulders. 
Um, you know, not only was I consoling uh, Kate's parents, I was consoling Kate and I was consoling my son. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of those things that selfishly, looking back on it now, nobody ever asked me whether I was okay, Yeah, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember being on stage at this second conference that we were doing. Yeah. And I was introducing someone and I paused and it, to me, it seemed like minutes and it wasn't, it was just seconds. Mm -hmm. But I suddenly had this flash going through my head. Here I am in front of 200 people in an industry that I no longer enjoy. Yeah. And I suddenly went, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? I have achieved nothing. And that's what I remember those thoughts going through my head. Um, you know, I want to, you know, I need to be going doing things that I want to do. Um, and that started me on the journey that I'm, that I'm, that I'm on now because, you know, within days of me having that thought, I'd signed up, uh, to do an online MBA with the open university. Mm-hmm. Now I'd never had the chance to go to university cause my parents could never have afforded to send me. Yeah. But I was in a position to put myself through it. Um, it came, it ended up that I ended up writing two books for that industry. Wow. Um, I'd always wanted to write a book. So imagine the smile on my face. Um, when my first book arrived on my doorstep the day before my 40th birthday. Um, and it goes to show you that if you start looking for signs of things that, you know, to change your life, change your direction, Mm -hmm. They can be good signs, but they can also be bad signs. And it's nobody, um, Todd Henry in his book, Die Empty, there is, there's a great line in there. Nobody ever lay on their deathbed saying, I wish I hadn't. Everybody lies on their deathbed saying, I wish I had. Yeah. And sometimes you just got to take the bull by the horns and you just got to go with it. You got to run with it for better or for worse. You got to run with it because you don't want that regret. You know, when you're sort of like 85, 90 and you're lying there going, do you know what? I wish I'd done that parachute jump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've gone and done one of those last year as well, by the way. Uh, I, I do it. I do it in seconds again as well. It was the, yeah. it was the best <laughs> fun ever. It really was. Mental. It's, there's no reason. Hey, maybe your listeners can help me out on this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand parachute jumping in any shape or form, logically. Okay. A part of my brain is very creative. The other part is very logical, Mm -hmm. but I don't understand why us humans, okay, want to get in a plane, (laughs) go up in the air and then fall out of a perfectly good aeroplane (laughs) down to the earth again. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Really doesn't. To me, that's almost like getting in a car and whilst driving at a hundred miles an hour, cutting the brake line, cutting the brake lines, and then seeing if you slow down in time. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, I think it goes all the way back to our uh, looking at the birds and our passion to fly. Oh, Janae, this is this is going to be deep. I can see this. this is right? going to be deep. It's yeah, go passion on. to fly. Like we want to soar the skies. Like no, not anybody will step out and look down at the ground and like, hey, I wish I was there. No, we look up to the sky and like, hey, I wish I was flying. I mean, it's an innate in in the nature of human beings to be higher than we are today. Yeah, but do you ever think that birds look at us and go, do you know what, I'd really like to have a good walk? 
<laughs> never. <laughs> they never think of that. <laughs> well, they do though. Birds, well, they don't fly everywhere. Birds walk. They walk. They walk a lot as well. So I'm just thinking, perhaps birds have got the opposite. Going. Do you know what? I'd really like to just put my feet up down here. Just have a sit down. That'd be all right. <laughs> my, my, my wings hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the other thing about the birds and how God created them with hollow bones. So they're not as heavy as we are with our bones filled with um, the juice, the, the creation juice, whatever you call it. Um, yeah. I, I, just think, I just think God made far too many humans with hollow heads, let alone <laughs> hollow, hollow bones. <laughs> You're absolutely right. We are indeed full of hollow heads. <laughs> Here, here's another here's another business secret for you guys, right? Okay, when you when you're running your business or you're making a product or you're doing a service, you can make something idiot proof. It's just that God will make a better idiot. That's it. That's all I'm giving. I'm giving you another one. There you are. You can take that one to the bank. It's true. You can take that one to the bank. Deny it if you will. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. deny it if you will. But seriously, there are child safe things to stop us getting paracetamol out. Oh. That, honestly, they stop most adults getting paracetamol out. So obviously, you know, yeah. <laughs> we haven't evolved. We have <laughs> not evolved at all. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> that's why we need. That's why we need um, coaches, right? That's why we need mentors, and uh, because. So okay, so this this is interesting because I know this is your show, right? Mm-hmm. I know this is your show. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to throw a question to you. Of course. What do you think a coach or a mentor should be? There you go. Mm. Because I'm because I, when I go networking, you know, the amount of people that say, you know, what do you do as a coach? What do you do as a mentor? Yeah. And I'm always interested to find out what they think a coach or a mentor should do. So you tell me what you think a coach or a mentor should do. That's a really good question. Um, a, ment- a coach or a mentor is someone, if you take the example of, a, an athlete and a coach and what a coach is, means for an athlete. Like there's hundreds, even thousands of basketball players, right? And they depend on those coaches to help them be better at their own game. There's hundreds mm. of athletes, there's thousands of athletes and every athlete has one or two coaches to make sure that they stay on the track because our mind wanders so far beyond. I mean, we need, I mean, that's why we have the schooling system so we can help people learn some of the things that will get them to a point that is successful. But again, it's, it's a guidance system. For example, GPS will tell you, okay, take the next right, take the next left. So that's what a coach helps you do. Get to that final destination. Make sure that the journey that you're taking to be successful, the coach has been there. He's taken those routes, right? So he knows exactly what turns to take, which stop to stop at, which bus to take next, right? So the entire um, step by step, this is what you got to do. And it's not the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. And the coach understands that. 
You see, that's that's interesting because I disagree slightly. Okay. I was agreeing with everything <laughs> until you said the coach has been there and done it. And I'll give you a great example. I'll give you a great example. Here, obviously, here in the UK, we play soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. People who call themselves coaches do different things at different levels. And I'll give you a great example. If you are the football coach of uh, an under-12s football team, mm-hmm. you have to teach them how to strike the ball. You have to teach them how to pass the ball. Mm-hmm. You have to teach them about formations and sort of like sticking together, just the basic fundamentals. Mm-hmm. If you then sort of like go up several levels and you go to League Two, we have League Two here, so we've got Premiership, Championship, League One, League Two. League Two, you are, they can play football. Mm -hmm. They know how to play football, Mm -hmm. but they are very well, they get very well distracted. So therefore you have to remind them how you know good they are, what the, what their roles are, you know, and 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 be very quite managerial yeah. in your in your coaching, right? Mm-hmm. We then go to the premiership. Can you imagine a coach telling a 50 million pound striker how to strike the ball? No. Or how to pass the ball? Mm. Or how to head the ball? No. No. That the job of that coach is to understand and get the player to understand their best attributes and continue to get the best out of those best attributes, whilst also making them aware of the things that are holding them back. Now, notice I sort of said making them aware, making them aware, yeah, yeah, just making them aware because. You can't make someone do something they don't want to do. True that. So if you're a 50 million pound striker mm. and you are scoring 30 goals a season, yeah. why should you be back in your own goal line defending? Mm. You're not very good at it. When in fact, actually, you should be up front. You might come back over the halfway line, mm-hmm. which you haven't been doing, and put in the odd tackle to try and break up the play. Mm. That's fine. So you're improving your defensive play, but you're there for your attacking play. Mm. And some of the best coaches in soccer haven't actually played the game at the top level. True. They know what it takes Mm. for a player to be at the top level, but they've never actually played the game at the top level. So I guess the best example I can give you is probably Jose Mourinho. Yeah. Jose Mourinho was um, at Barcelona as an interpreter for ex-England manager Bobby Robson when he was managing Barcelona. He wasn't even a coach. He was an interpreter. Wow. And he's one of the most well-known football coaches in the world right now. Wow. So I have a real true belief that that virtually everybody Mm -hmm. knows the answers to their problems, to their issues, whether it's business, personal, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just that they need that little bit of help to face up to them mm-hmm. to then decide what they're going to do about it. So you use uh, a great analogy with uh, an athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah. You know, you, you know, Mr. Athlete, you are quick. You are fantastically quick. Yeah. You are doing the 100 meters in 10 seconds. 
Where do you think you're not getting nine and a half? Well, do you know what? My start is really ropey. Well, okay, let's work on your start. If you think it's your start, let's work on the start. All of a sudden, he hits 9.6 seconds. You're right. It's the start. Great. So where are we going to shave off the other point one? Yeah. How can we shave off the other point one? Mm. Well, do you know what? I think I could be doing... Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And everybody knows the answers deep down. down. If they're honest enough with themselves, they know the answers. Like they know the answers of why their business isn't successful. They know the, they know the answers to why they're not getting the the right customers, the right clients. They know the answers to why they're not getting the money in the bank. Mm -hmm. They know the answers to, you know, why that, why their marketing's not working. It's just that because we're all incredibly proud beings, yeah. Sometimes we don't like to face up to it. And I think that, that I, you know, I was agreeing with you right up until no. you said that they've been there and they've done that. You know, I'm not a millionaire. No. no. Fact. I am not a millionaire. I have a very nice life, mm-hmm. a very enjoyable life, but I am not a millionaire. But guess what? I've coached businesses so that they are now millionaires. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? So it's a case of, do I need, did I need to be a millionaire to coach those businesses? Well, the answer is no. No. Because my view of success is different to somebody else's. Does that make sense? No, I totally get it. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, I guess it's a really good point because a coach can observe. They've observed many other athletes and they see their performance so they can help you in that area and to see, like you mentioned, to notice and make you aware of stuff that you might not be paying attention. Absolutely. Great. You may be, because you are so focused. It's like, from my own story, I think one of the assets that I have as a coach is that I am very aware of when people are on the verge of burning out of when it's becoming too much, of when it's getting overwhelming. And I am, to them, I'd like to think their voice of reason and their their conscience going, no, hang on, you need to take a step back, you need to have a rest. So if we go back to my story, yeah. um, when I started coaching, my, uh, my marriage had broken down. Mm-hmm. Um, I was... I, I, Yes, I was coaching and I was writing books and I was writing blogs and I was doing podcasts and I was doing videos and I was doing speaking gigs and uh, I was trying to hold my own life together and I was, you know, still sort of like see, having my son every weekend, which is great. And I was spinning so many plates, but because I am a very proud human being, I just kept working harder thinking that actually everything would sort itself out. Mm. and it didn't and there was one Saturday morning that I'm just sat in the middle of my living room crying my eyes out yeah um I was knackered I was worn out I was beat up I was empty spiritually empty um I just wanted the ground to open up and swallow me up and just stop the pain um and I didn't see it coming yeah. And it's not until you be, you become well again and you look back on things yeah. that you see all the warning signs were there. Yeah. And I, I now in my coaching, you know, when I see somebody on the verge of, you know, starting to, 
you know, see those symptoms of, of burnout, mm-hmm. I will call them or uh, on a call with them, or I will go and see them and say, no, you need to take a couple of days off. The business is still going to be here when you when you get back, but you need to take a couple of days off. You need to go and look after you because every single business, and I'm sure every, every person that's listening to this that owns a business, without you, there is no business. Exactly. There is no business. Nope. You are your biggest and best asset. Yeah. If you, you know, if, if you were a chauffeur, of uh, you know, of, to the stars, mm-hmm. and you bought a hundred thousand pound limousine mm-hmm. to ferry them all over the place. Mm-hmm. You would make sure that limousine was polished, was clean, yeah. was vacuumed, was road legal, was roadworthy, was yeah. fueled properly and oiled properly. Yet we don't do it with ourselves. We don't do that. That makes no sense. Yeah. And it's not until you go through something like that that you have a real affinity with it and you know the damage that it can do to people, to businesses, to relationships, to friendships, to business relationships, to business friendships. Um, and I think it's, uh, uh, you know, I, th- I think it's, it's massive for a coach to be able to see those, those signs. You know, if we go to sport, yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot more in sport where people who are on 5 million pounds a year yeah. or, you know, 200 grand a week or whatever they're on mm-hmm. are coming out and saying they're struggling with anxiety, stress, and depression. Yeah. And people are going, well, you know, you're on 200 grand a week. You shouldn't be. <laughs> no, because guess what? Related. It's not related. It's a chemical imbalance in your head. And actually, it, you know, by, by, by working harder, by doing the things that you've always done, you're always going to get the same result. Yeah. Something has to change. Something else, yep. And, you know, so when you, you are right, so when you, you, you see you, you know, some of the top coaches in the world look at all these other different aspects of life or look at other athletes or look at other ways of training or look at other ways of doing business or look at other ways of promoting and marketing, blah, blah, blah. That's that's the job of a coach, bringing a fresh set of eyes, a fresh set of ears in, exactly, and doing it in that order. Because we have two ears and one mouth, and I know I'm talking a lot in the minute, but we have two ears and one mouth. Yep, and we should listen more than we speak. Absolutely, because invariably the answers are in what somebody is saying to you. Absolutely, you are on point. This is beautiful. I love it. Thank you. It. I mean, it drives in exactly what, what I, what, where my thought process lives. And so we're like, we're in complete sync. Good man. We, we have some questions for, for our guest that we ask every guest. Um, what is one hobby that you wish you got into? Uh, there's one hobby I wish I'd carried on and I'd really persevered with, and that's cartooning. Nice. Yeah, I did a lot of I did a lot of cartooning. It was about the age of thirteen I started doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I call them doodles now because yeah. they're not as good as they should be or could be, uh, and I know that because I just haven't put the time or effort into it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did um, graphic design at A level at the age of sixteen, and I went to go and work um, uh, like a like a, a job week yeah. um, for one of the TV companies here in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was in the early '90s, and it was really big. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
Yeah, it was massive. massive. And this TV company that I went to work for uh, just for the week, I just doodled the Teenage Mutant Ninja Toilets. Now, that doesn't even sound funny, okay? <laughs> I appreciate that. But it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Toilets, heroes with a chain on. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, they were ace. Um, Love it. I, I, I didn't think anything of it. I did these doodles and, and there was nothing of it. Yeah. And about two years later, I'd left home and um, I was working in retail at the time and I just finished a shift and I came home and I was living in a bed set and I switched my TV on and there was a, a children's TV program on and guess what I'm watching? The Teenage Mutant Ninja Toilets. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Seriously. That's unbelievable. unbelievable. So yeah, it's one of those things that I go through phases yeah. that, if I'm, if I'm going to doodle, I doodle. If I don't, I don't. But I'm starting to use more of my cartoons in um, my presentations. So when I'm doing keynotes now, um, I'm using a lot of them. So um, yeah, there's a little bit more personal touch, if that makes sense, by using those. Cool. So, yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming to the party a little bit late, but I'm glad I'm sort of falling in love with it again. Awesome. All right, next question. What is your favorite movie or TV show? Um, my favorite TV show, uh, I've actually got two, okay. all right? Um, and I know when I, when, I, when, I, when I sent you the answer to this, I was, yeah. I was, it really took me ages to work it out, actually. Mm -hmm. But I've got two. One is Suits, okay. um, and the other one is Life on Mars. Um, Life on Mars is about uh, a police officer that gets run down mm -hmm. and wakes up uh, he gets run down in early 2000s and wakes up in 1972. Uh, and it, it's amazing. The soundtrack is one of the best soundtracks you're ever going to hear. Nice. Um, uh, but it gave us the, the brilliant character, nice. Gene Hunt, who is a proper, proper copper. It was, it was a mix of the Sweeney... Um, Dixon and Dot Green um, and the Bill, and it uh, was it was a great program. If you haven't seen it, go and find it on on somewhere like um, take it out Britbox or, or Netflix or somewhere like that. Uh, it's a BBC one. Don't go and watch the American one because the American the American market remade it and it was tripe. Yes. it was absolute rubbish. Mm -hmm. um, Harvey Keitel was in it, and it was just oh, the ending sucked. So they rewrote the ending. It was terrible. Don't oh. do it. Don't go watch that. Watch the British version. British version. Suits. Yeah. Suits is brilliant. Um, Harvey and Suits is just, uh, he's kind of like the guy that I, I always wanted to be. Mm. I'm not. I kind of realized that the ugly face that I have is the best it's ever going to get. <laughs> um, I realized that I'm not six foot four. I am in fact just six foot. Yeah. I realized that I'm not, I haven't got a chiseled bone structure. He has. Um, but it's just that it, it honestly, it's a great show. Um, and I could, what, it, I know it's just finished and I'm going to go back and watch it all over again. Yeah. I've just introduced my partner Gemma to it. Nice. Um, and she's watching it on her own and she is, she's addicted to it now nice. as well. So if you've not watched suits, go watch suits. Absolutely love that program. We'll check it out. So where can my audience find you? Right, yeah, your audience can find me in all the usual places, okay. and probably unusual places. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if, if, if I'm in your cupboard, trust me, that's an unusual place. <laughs> I'm not going to be there. Um, but you can normally find me. Uh, you can come and find me on Facebook. Okay. Um, type in Mark Ford, your best kept business secret. Uh, I'll be on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. 
uh, at uh, at Biz Coach Mark. Okay. I'm on LinkedIn. Come find me there. Yeah. Um, but also, um, you can come and find me on my website uh, as well. Um, where if you go to my website, you can have a free. Get this. I'm giving you something of value here. Um, you can have a free digital copy of my latest book. Nice. With the 101 business coaching questions that you need to answer to grow your business. So it's Mark Ford. Mark spelt with a C, by the way. It's the only posh thing my family ever did. So it's www.markford.uk, not .co.uk but dot uk so www.markford.uk you can grab a copy of uh of my book there and if you want to hear some stuff you can also come and hear me on my podcast so i'm gonna i'm gonna get you on my podcast in the very near future but if you want to go to itunes or the usual podcast places Mm -hmm. just type in your best kept business secret and i'll be on itunes and the usual podcast places as well that's where they can come and find me yeah i'll be sure to include all of the links to the show notes so the audience can find you quickly and this was an awesome conversation thank you so much mark thank you for having me really enjoyed it thank you thank you Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode on Hacks and Hobbies. We absolutely appreciate your contribution. You can find additional notes on hacksandhobbies.com. Please share the podcast with your friends and tell them what you learned about our guest today. 